heart is full today of what God is doing. And I want to take us to the book of Joshua, a passage that helps provide the, the biblical foundation of this journey that we are on together. Joshua chapter 1, and I want to look at one verse, verse 9. Reading from the New Living Translation, and it says, This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Now I just read that to you like a person standing behind a pulpit on a Sunday morning at 9 o'clock. But if you notice even the punctuation and put yourself in the context of Joshua, who was this associate to Moses, who had been on this journey with Israel, seeing the challenges of trying to finally move forward. And now, under his leadership, God is saying, you're going to take these people and you're going to the promised land and it's intense because he knows there will be challenges. He, he himself saw firsthand the challenges of possessing the future. And so here the Lord is talking to Joshua. And when you pick up the, the context and just the content, the spirit of it, this is my command is how the Lord is coming across. It's like this coach that is coaching up his player who's about to do something great. And it's interesting, he doesn't suggest strength. He doesn't uh, encourage him to be strong. He commands strength. This is my command. What is it? Be strong. Come on, Joshua. You can do this. Be strong and of a good courage. Don't be afraid. I mean, he's commanding him. He's saying, man, I just want to, I hope you're not scared. I, I want to encourage you not to be fearful. He's saying, I command strength. I command fearlessness. I command encouragement. And here's the promise. For the Lord, your God, is with you wherever you go. Put your hands together to a God who coaches us up to be strong. A command of strength based on the promise of God's presence. I want to talk to you today from this subject. From the promise to the payoff. From the promise to the payoff. From that promise, Joshua then tells the people, get ready. We're leaving, and the first challenge was Jordan, the Jordan River. Unlike the Red Sea, the Jordan River did not split before the first person stepped in. The Jordan River was at flood stage. And it was not until the first priest stepped into the river that God performed a miracle and rolled it back. Stopped it so that the people could safely cross. So he had a promise. And the payoff is when they successfully get across the Jordan River. It leads then to the Jericho. And you know that story. Again, the promise, be strong. I'm going to give you the land. And the payoff is when the wall has come tumbling down. 
and they're able to rush in and take the city. After that, they come up against Ai, which should have been an easy battle, but sin got into the camp. They identified it, dealt with it, and then successfully overcame Ai. From there, you're about to chapter 9, and you're moving toward this audacious prayer of Joshua as he says to the Lord, we are doing so well in the battle today. If you could just cause the sun to stand still for like another hour, we could do so much more. And the only time in the Bible that a man prays that God would supernaturally intervene and somehow work the solar system in such a way that things could continue to function while God intervened on time and added an extra hour to that day. And God did it, and the payoff was amazing as they routed five different enemies, captured those five kings, backed them into a cave, and rolled the stone over the door of the cave. Promise, and then payoff, 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 payoff. But there's something in between the promise and the payoff. And how do you hold on when you are in between the promise God has given you and the fulfillment of that promise? See, it's easy to say God said to Joshua, like an awesome coach, I command strength, tell these people to rise up. You and all these people now go and possess the land and suddenly they're there. No, they felt the intensity. They felt the pressure. They felt the stress of the moments, the steps. Each unfolding day where they're confronted with things like crossing a raging river. There was something in between the promise and the payoff. When you're marching around a wall to try and convince yourself that that is somehow an effective strategy to seeing a wall collapse. You are fighting every, every critical thought known to man. I mean, no one had ever done it that way. It's easy for us to celebrate the wall of Jericho that came down, but to think of what it was like for those people to hear the strategy of just marching around and somehow that that would work. See, there's something in between the promise and the payoff. And I want to talk about that today. It's the word process. Process. Process is that time before the Jordan River parts. It's the time before the wall comes down. It is the time where you're in the vex of the battle. And it's, it's not sh- real clear who's going to win the day. It's that process that I want to talk about. How do you hold on when you're between the promise and the payoff? We got to talk about process today because it's huge. See, process is the amount of time from Joshua 1 to Joshua 10, which is now years, and they still aren't beyond battle. They're battling every day. They are struggling to possess that which has been promised. And so they're having to stay with it. The the process is Joseph 
getting a dream from God in like the early part of Genesis, around Genesis, uh, the early books of like chapter 13, and then when you, I'm sorry, chapter 37, and then by the time you get to chapter 50, it finally happens, and in between was a process of 13 years. See, he gets the promise, Joseph, you're going to be an, an amazing leader, and this dream that I've given you is going to happen. Then we can jump to Genesis 50, 20, where it's happening. And he's reconciled to a family that was so mean to him. And he's second in command of the greatest nation of the known world at that time. That's the payoff. But the 13 years between the promise and the payoff is what I want to talk about today. And it's called process. Because all of us are in process. Sanctification is a process. We are saints in process. Life is seasonal. Life comes in these segments where we get a promise. And then we have to go to the payoff. Let me show you a little diagram if I may. We get the promise... Our focus is the payoff, but we're not immediately at this level. We're not immediately at the summit. We've got some climbing to do. We have some work to do. We have some struggle, strain, and stress that we're going to have to go through, but we have a promise, and we will get to the payoff if we will allow for the process to work. The promise is King David as a shepherd boy being anointed as king, knowing that he then will attain the throne of Israel. The payoff was he was the greatest king Israel ever had. But the process for him between promise and payoff was 15 years. By the time he's anointed and told, you're the next king, it was 15 years Before it actually happened. Process. Remember just some of the process with David? The battle with Goliath? Remember Saul's pursuit of David? Saul's jealousy of David? The opportunities that David had to get outside of God's plan in dealing with Saul and in attaining the call of God on his life? See, it's the process between promise and payoff is the process. Process. Process is the development stage. Young man said to me two weeks ago that he wants a stronger faith. And that he's praying for stronger faith. Faith like in our five keys, faith as it relates to your walk with the Lord. He wants a stronger faith. He wants his faith to have a greater content, a greater constitution, a greater foundation. God's given him a promise of that. The payoff would be Christ formed in him. And then he went on, and I heard in his 
his understanding that he's got to yield to the process. Because none of us get strength without some strain. Matter of fact, the strength is in the strain. And he started talking in process language. And I'm like, you're on. It's going to happen. Many people, especially in our culture, where it is, we want everything so quickly. And we are people of convenience, not necessarily always discipline and consistency. We want to go right from promise to payoff. And there's no way to be all that God wants us to be and do all God wants us to do without this word, process. Process. Process is the development stage. It means something is happening when it appears nothing is happening. It means something is happening when you don't think enough is happening. It's the season when you're being pressed and yet you have to continue to press while you're feeling the press. Process is the season when you know you've planted but you don't have the harvest. It's when you have sown but you're waiting to reap our entire vision. The stronger vision is a process vision. It's not an event vision. I have never liked process. I've been pastoring 25 years. Process is something I wish wasn't part of the process. Hi. I would just soon go from promise to payoff, get another promise, go to the... I have never. And there was time early on, I, I didn't want to marry great events in the activity of God within a process. I wanted to go from event to event. Great miracle moments. Just line them up. That seems good. I've been in it 25 years. I still don't like process, but I realize it is the only way to the payoff. So I do embrace it. Don't necessarily like it. I wish five million cash would have come in last Sunday, just in the nine o'clock service. And then we could announce in 1045, this thing's done. I know I have a promise, and I know we'll get to the payoff. I just have to embrace the process and climb the mountain in the presence and power of God. Strength is not microwavable. While you're in the process, it feels like you'll never get to the payoff. But as you do gain a context in the Lord, you realize that actually the most joy is really not here. It's here. Earlier on, I was about destination, not the journey. 
and being wired up to be absolutely impatient anyway, then even more so. But now as I reflect, the, the process is the point. Have you ever DVR'd a game and you didn't want to know the outcome and someone spoiled it for you? Don't you just hate that? Now, I know people who would rather watch it after the fact and they want to know the results before they watch it so that they don't have to have any intense emotion while they're watching it because they know the result. I'm not that way. I, I want to experience it. I want to experience those times when, it, when the momentum is not in our favor and then be there when it swings. I want to be there when it shifts. I was traveling home uh, yesterday and I caught the end of the Georgia-Tennessee game. Now, that must have been one incredible game because I was listening to the people talk about it. They had been experiencing the game. I, I caught the last few minutes of the game. And even that, I found myself wrapped in the intensity of that. And I'm like, this is awesome. It, the process is the point. Process. But it's also difficult because you get in a pit like Joseph. And you're like, wasn't expecting this. You know, God, you gave me this promise of, of influence and high impact. And those closest to me have thrown me in a pit. And they had just enough care for him. To not leave him there, but they did sell him off into slavery. And in Potiphar's house, he keeps a good spirit, good attitude, works hard. But do you know the story? Potiphar's wife tries to seduce him. He, he does not want any part. He runs from that, but then she lies. And it ends up meaning prison for him. Now, when he's getting the dream of the payoff of leadership and providing for a nation, there wasn't any mention of a pit. There wasn't any mention of false accusation that would result of a prison sentence. There wasn't any mention of people in prison that you had helped who said they would uh, put in a good word for you uh, of just intentionally forgetting you. There was no mention of 13 years between promise and payoff. There was no mention of that. And it's when you're in process, you got to really hold on to 2 Corinthians 5, 7 that says, we live by faith, not by sight. Are you in process? Is there something requiring you to Hold on to God. To hold on while you're in between promise and payoff. 
holding on while you have all these emotions. You see, God sees process really differently. I think we see it really linearly, like promise, process, payoff. And that's the way we think, or we think promise, right to payoff. Let me show you. I think God sees it in a circular way. He gives us a promise. We enter this process to payoff. But when we get to payoff, we're not done. When we get to payoff, we just get another promise for that next season. Or we're holding on like Joshua. In Joshua 1, the promise is be strong, or the challenge is be strong. The promise is I'm with you. Now go and possess the land. In Joshua 10, he still has the same promise. And he's just routed five enemy armies. But he's got to figure out what to do with their kings. He's backed them into a corner, into a cave. And really, he's back into the process. He gets the promise, and he gets in a process of the Jordan. The payoff is they get across. Still the same promise, but now there's Jericho. The process of going around the wall gets to the payoff. See, isn't life, according to the psalmist, just a series of hills and valleys? Hills and valleys. And it, like, never changes We're always in the process because the process, it is the point because that's where character is formed. That's where strength is developed. That's where powerful spiritual influence is created. It's through the process. Lord, I want to praise you today for the process, even When in my flesh, I would like to go straight to the payoff. I want to praise you that you've given a process that really cultivates what you want out of our lives. So that we aren't fly by night. There's a context to our praise. There's a testimony. Because in the process, you pass some tests. And tests are the proving ground for the next level. Tests are the rite of passage. God has an amazing dream for every one of us as he did Joseph. An amazing calling for every one of us as he did for Joshua. But he needs to give us some tests So that he can identify the level of our trust. It's one thing to really trust God. The other side of the equation is God being able to trust us. To trust us with blessing. To trust us with responsibility. To trust us with leadership. To trust us with influence. Where might God take us if he knows he can trust us? Joseph passed some tests that became the rite of passage to the next level and ultimately the payoff. God sees this so differently. And I think it's important, and, and hear this today with, uh, uh, from the Lord. 
when we get to pay off, we would like to stop there. Rather than say, okay, what's the next challenge? Or, I've done all I'm going to do. I've been through this for years. I'm, I'm resting. Remember when Peter, James, and John went with Jesus on the mountain where he's transfigured? And the glory of God is there. Moses and Elijah shows up, which is just amazing. You've got the law and the prophets represented there with Jesus. The power of the Holy Spirit, the voice of God. And it's so awesome. Peter says, you know, let's build some housing and never leave this place. Like the payoff was at a level he had never seen before. He didn't want to leave that spot. But, of course, Jesus had to say there are people in the valley who need you to testify of me. There's, like, work for you to do. We get to certain payoffs, and we would say, okay, from here on, let let someone else get out in the deep water. Let someone else get out on the thin place. Uh, Let's watch other people, because we know what that's like. We've been there, done that many times now, and it's time for, for us to just rest in season of payoff. I just don't find that anywhere in the Bible. We've got to always be stretching. It, like, it, it's like talking to somebody who's middle-aged or older, and all they talk about is when they were the quarterback in high school. And you want to say, hey, you're not in high school anymore. They, they, they're stuck in that payoff. It's like, hey, there's life in front of you. And for anyone who's seen Napoleon Dynamite, just think of Uncle Rico. That's what I'm, it, like, if, if we rest in payoff, then here's the way you know. Because we live out of memory. Rather than imagination. We live out of all that has happened. And there's little talk of what God is about to do. And the Holy Spirit is looking for a local church. That will keep praying. Keep believing. Keep sacrificing. Keep pressing. Keep walking. Keep advancing. Keep going forward. That is the local expression of the worldwide body of Christ that really gives glory to God. We're looking. We're looking for the next challenge. And really, those that have been through this enough to know that process is the point if they can keep the faith become an absolute gift to the local church because there's another generation that needs examples of those who are keeping the faith and keeping the faith doesn't mean I just love Jesus it means I'm in this I'm all in I'm in with everything I have. I'm in to go for it. I'm in. I, it's, it's a Caleb spirit. Whew. I feel God's presence here this morning. 
the last you see of Caleb. Remember his story. He's one of, of the two that believed they could possess the land. It's Joshua and Caleb. They were about 40 years old. 40 years later, he gets the word that he can now go possess the land. And what does Caleb say? He says, 80 is the new 40. Because he says, I'm as able today. And he doesn't ask for a retreat center. He doesn't ask. He, he says, give me Hebron. He says, give me the giant country. I'll, I'm going where the giants live. Give me this land. And the last we see of Caleb, he's put on his backpack and his climbing boots, and he is taking his mountain, still holding to the promise, still in the process, working through the payoff. If the local church gets this, there's, there's no stopping. There's no stopping us. There's no stopping us. So Joshua, we tracked with him from chapter 1 to about chapter 10 where he has these five enemy kings in a cave. And he gets these five soldiers of his and he says, get those kings and bring them out here. They do. He says, lay them on the ground. He says, now put your foot on their neck. And if you really research, you know, why would he do it? Just, I mean, they're enemies. You're killing the enemy armies. Do away with them. He says, put your foot on their neck. And Joshua, like he had been taught, is now teaching those who are with him. Battle's not over. This has been an awesome day of progress. And you need to remember what it feels like. At the payoff. You need this branded in your heart. Because in the near future. You're going to have to draw on this testimony. On this payoff. So that you hold true. In the next process that we're about to go into. I talked about DVRing. Things that you want to. Go back and watch. I think we need to set our minds like we set our DVRs. So that we capture those payoffs that God gives us. Those victories in the battle. Even though the war's not over. We get victories where we feel the victory. We know we have the victory. We know we have gained ground. We know that the enemy is under our feet. We want to record that for those times where it's hard to believe that a payoff will ever come. When you're in a pit of despair or grief. When you're in a situation that is difficult and challenging in every way. It's then that you got to remember. Jesus, I'll never forget what you've done for me. That's what I'm saying. You hold on in the tough times as you collect the memories that are 
stored in your heart of victories that God has given you along the way. We've been in an extraordinary conference in New York over the last few days. Flight 4373, the one that I was on, left middle of the afternoon yesterday, was to get in between 7 and 8 o'clock last night. My route was New York to Chicago, Chicago to Tulsa. We left on time, but coming into Chicago, there was some weather. So the pilot said, we've been asked to, you know, divert for a while and let the weather pass. So now it's obviously going to take longer than normal. That wasn't on the itinerary. The itinerary said, we're going to leave around 340. You're going to get in at, and it likes at 756. Not 54, not 8 o'clock, not 730, 756. That's the itinerary. I've got a promise. I'm going home. I have a payoff. It'll happen at 756. The promise was I'm going home. But the process got put into that. And I did get home. It was about 11.30 because the weather meant a delay. And then that meant all the planes that should have been taking off couldn't out of Chicago O'Hare. And then those that should have been coming in and landing like us couldn't. So it just backed it up for a while. And so there I was in a small little illustration of this whole sermon. You have your perspective of how it's going to go. And it's an informed perspective. You have a promise, and it gives you a perspective. And if you don't allow for process, then you can get really frustrated or defeated. You, you, you can get, I'll never get home. But if you make room for process, then you go with it. You just go with it. Because you know that the one who made the promise will get you to the payoff. In that process of delay, sitting at the airport there in Chicago, I found an interesting story on Tom Brady. Tom Brady is the quarterback for the Patriots. He is called one of the greatest quarterbacks ever. But it's interesting to be reminded that he was the sixth round draft pick. Not the first, second, third, fourth, or even fifth. He was the sixth round draft pick. He has now won, I think, three Super Bowls. Two Most Valuable Player Awards. Called one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. And the first two years of his college career, he sat on the bench and had a sports psychologist who was trying to help him through all of the discouragement because he wasn't playing at a level to even start. This is the guy who's now a Super Bowl winner, a most valuable player. And I heard an interview recently with Tom Brady, and then he, he referenced it in the interview, but he said this in the article. He said, I think about kids who watch me play now and they hear people talk about my game now and my 
my NFL history, and really, they don't start talking about me until I got in the game because someone else got injured. He said, but I always think of the process. He said, I always thought I could really play at a high level. But he said, it was tough when I was sitting with my sports psychologist because I was warming the bench for two years in my college career. He said, I, I think of the process. He said, everybody else talks about the MVP. That's payoff. Multiple Super Bowls, that's payoff. He said, I think about the process. Sitting there for a little while longer, it just came to my heart, the hymn, Great is Thy Faithfulness. And you know this verse, pardon for sin and a peace that endureth. Thine own dear presence to cheer and to guide. Next line. Strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow. Blessings all mine with 10,000 beside. That's perspective. What leaped in my heart was the line, strength for today, bright hope for tomorrow. When I'm in process, why doesn't it say hope for today? That's hope for today. Strength for tomorrow. No, no. The blessing of God and the provision of God for today is not hope. It's strength. Why? So we have some climbing to do. Hope doesn't help me climb. Strength helps me climb. You can tell me God is everywhere all the time and someday I'll be in heaven and everybody will be happy. But when I'm hurting, that doesn't help me put one foot in front of the other. When I'm hurting, confused, challenged, what helps me to keep pressing is strength. So it's strength for today and then bright hope for tomorrow. See, my certainty is in the sovereignty of God. As a result, bright hope for tomorrow because he's never made a mistake. He's never lost a battle. He's never failed one time. He's absolutely perfect. He is in control. He's A to Z. He's Alpha and Omega. He's beginning and the end. He's author and he's finisher. His ways are higher than my ways. He is a good God who causes everything to work together for the good to those who love him and are called. I have a certainty in his sovereignty. But sometimes I struggle with process. So because I have a certainty in his sovereignty, I have a hope for tomorrow. But I need some strength today. I have some giants to slay. I have a battle to fight. I have some challenges to overcome. And I need strength today. So he says, strength for today. 
right now. Right now. Course is great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning. New mercies I see. All I have needed, thine hand. What are we doing? We're DVRing. We're, we're replaying. All I've needed. Yes, that's true. That's true. And you're, you rehearse in moments what God has done for you. All I've needed, thine hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. And I feel the strength of the Holy Spirit. And it empowers me in the process. See? Remember the promise. Live like you're in the payoff while you're in the process. That's the key. Jesus, for the joy that was set before him, endured the worst day that any human has ever endured. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. It was Friday, but he's living like it's Sunday. Caleb, year after year after year, circling in the wilderness with a bunch of negative, complaining people, was living like it was the day he finally got the green light to go and possess the land. When you're in the process, remember the promise. Live like you're in payoff. Who among the family of God can see things that are not as though they are. Where's the faith family that can walk by faith, which is a substance? Because it's a promise. It is real, though it's not visible. Who can walk by faith? Everybody can assess what they see. Who empowered by the Spirit can say, God's going to give us the mountain. God's going to give us the victory. God's going to see us through. God's going to bring us out. Those are the faith-filled followers of Jesus that will influence culture, that can lead a revolution, that can see revival. We have government shutdown. We have moral decline. We, every negative thing imaginable is there. Who will step up and say, with the world at its darkest, why don't we be at our brightest? With the world at its worst, this is our time to be at our best. Our God is in control. Our God is out in front. Our God is with us. Hey, strength for today, bright hope for tomorrow. Strength for today, bright hope for tomorrow. Strength for today, bright hope for tomorrow. I feel this in my spirit. Strength right now for today, for today. Because that's all I need. I don't know what tomorrow holds. Jesus could come before tomorrow. So I just need strength for today. Strength for today. If he gives me tomorrow, sufficient for it will be his strength. Can you give the Lord a praise today? Can you give him a shout? Can you say, I I believe this. I agree with this. Hallelujah. Stand with me. Let's declare it. Great is thy faithfulness. Say it with a passion. Oh, great is thy faithfulness. Oh, 
yes, Lord. Morning by morning. New mercy. 